How are we doing, Wolfpack fans? Do you believe in miracles? That's what happened Friday night as we took on Purdue. This is Pack Center. I am Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. It was a special night in Mackey Stadium on Friday night. If you weren't there, I'm sure you saw on social media what happened. We beat Purdue by a score of 34-31. Brandon Talton is no doubt the MVP. Some of you guys may have not heard about him, but we will get to that later. An amazing night. Some fans left early. If you left early, you know who you are, but you missed a stunner. Everyone knows where they were at when Brandon Talton kicked up through the uprights. It was magical. It was. I was going to say, it's hard not to see it. We get shout-outs from ESPN, Bleacher Report, um, uh, Bleacher Report College Football. I think there's a ton of others, too, that I'm missing. But, yeah, those are some of the big ones. And it was pretty cool to see all the um, interaction on Twitter that night after he kicked it and everything that it ensued after. So that was a really cool thing to watch as well. CBS Sports was all over posting us. We got number three and number nine on ESPN's top ten of the night. It was just a special night for Nevada football. Breaking down the stats real quick, Elijah Sindelier from Purdue did have a really good night. He was 34 for 52. He completed 65.4% of his passes, four TDs, but he did have two INTs that ultimately cost them the game down in the stretch. Carson Strong started off a little slow, but he got his college legs under him. It was his first collegiate game. He was 3 for 51. He completed 58.8% of his passes, threw for three TDs. Clean game from Nevada. No turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions by the redshirt freshman. It was a really good game. It was a fun game to watch, not in the beginning, but it was a fun game to watch coming down into the end. Tyler, what are some takeaways from this game going forward into Oregon? I think the biggest surprise for me was seeing Carson draw back in the pocket and throw the ball 51 times. I think a lot of fans expected him to throw the ball, but I don't think 51 was a number that really popped into anyone's head whatsoever. Personally, I was thinking around maybe 25, 30. You know, it's his first start as a redshirt freshman. It's going to be, you know, a little nerve-wracking for him, but I guess he was thrust into that position when we were down by a couple scores. You know, you kind of have to throw the ball in that position. But, yeah, 51 times, still completing his passes at 58%, which is still pretty impressive and the three tds almost 300 yards passing you know i liked everything i saw from carson in the second half for sure first half like you said a little shaky at first but definitely second half is where he stepped it up and i had no idea that elijah threw for almost 450 yards yeah it during the game it didn't really feel like it but he was completing a lot of passes i mean you said 65 percent in the four touchdowns you know so he definitely had himself a game but yeah like you're saying those couple costly ints were the big kicker for them it was a quarterback versus quarterback battle they were slinging the ball all over the field there was a lot of passing it was a lot of fun to watch but my thing was it was kind of interesting we didn't see Toa Tawa until two minutes left in the first we saw a lot of Kelton Moore we saw two drives back to back three and outs that allowed Purdue to jump to a 10 and 10 to 0 lead everyone in the press box is kind of looking at each other seeing what Nevada was going to do Ultimately, the first half was not Nevada's half at all. Very, very slow start. First quarter, we started, we were losing 10-0. to The entire first half, we were down 24-7. to It just was not a good start for Nevada, but then that quickly changed. We held them scoreless in the fourth to eventually win 34-31. 
but the ending we will get into later. The O-line looked pretty solid, actually, against this Big Ten D-line that had a lot of experience coming into the game. I think this O-line surprised a lot of people, only giving up one sack in the entire game. Going up against a Big Ten defensive line like this and only giving up one sack is very, very impressive. I was very afraid that we were not going to be able to stop this D-line, and our O-line held their own, this young O-line. And it just shows the resilience of the pack to get this game to get this dub in this game, and it shows the resilience of Carson Strong. His first half was not very good, and there was a lot of people wondering, should we try Malik Henry? Should we keep Carson Strong? Ultimately, we kept Carson Strong in there, and he led us to victory. Obviously, the right move. He is definitely going to be the starter going into Oregon. Do we see Malik Henry in Oregon at all, or do we see Carson Strong finishing the entire game? That's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that could go into this decision. Obviously, Carson's probably going to start the Oregon game. You know, he deserves it. He earned it through the Purdue game. Um, I think there's a chance we see Malik Henry. The percentage, I'm going to put, I'll go like 65%. Because I feel like towards the end of the game, if it is a blowout and we are getting beat big, I feel like... Um, Jay Norvell will want Malik Henry to have that in-game experience. So later down the season, God forbid, if something happens to Carson, he can step up already having some in-game experience this year. With that being said, I'd like to see Carson finish out the game. I think it'd be good for him to, you know, fight his way till the end. But I do see Malik Henry coming in at some point during Oregon for sure. I think you definitely start Carson Strong, and I think you keep him in the entire game. I think Carson Strong is our future I mean, throwing 51 times, completing 30 of those, 295 yards, and three touchdowns. Only getting sacked once, he was definitely poised under pressure, throwing the ball away when he needed to. I think Carson is our future, and he's going to be a very, very, very good quarterback down in the stretch. I think you play him the entire game versus Oregon and see what he can do. But to focus on this game, what was interesting about the first quarter is how mediocre this team was uh Nevada was and that's saying something we had three passing yards in the first quarter 61 in the second quarter and we had a combined total of five first downs in the first half we didn't see our first first down until two minutes left in the first quarter and that was only because Purdue got a personal foul roughing the passer on Carson Strong to give us the first down and then Toa picked up the second first down it was an abysmal first half, to say the least, but that quickly, quickly changed. Carson threw for 64 yards in the third quarter and 167 in the fourth quarter, picking up 11 first downs in that fourth quarter. It was very, very impressive to see what he could do, especially in that very last drive, leading this team to victory and eventually setting up what we were going to have, the 56-yard uh, field goal by Brandon Talton. But for a minute, I want to talk about a very special city, Vacaville, California, better known as the Goat Factory, as I'm calling it, the greatest of all time, producing only goats. Vacaville, California is where our star quarterback, now redshirt freshman star quarterback, Carson Strong, is from. Also, Brandon Talton, who hit the 56-yard game winner, Goat Factory is Vacaville, California. All they do is produce the greatest of all time. They produce not only Carson Strong, but Brandon Talton, who kicked the third longest 
field goal in school history and the longest game winner in Mountain West history. It was just an amazing night for that true freshman. He didn't even know he was kicking until that morning. Just a true Cinderella story. And then after the game, getting a scholarship. The end of the game was amazing and truly magical. Students rushed the field. Could you even put the end of the game into words? I don't think so. I don't know if we could. I mean, that was something as Pac fans that we're going to remember for a very, very long time, especially, you know, being at the game. Um, definitely something amazing that happened and something we probably won't see again for a while. I mean, it's pretty rare to, you know, have that game and then have the interception and have Carson drive down the field, even with the delay of game on that last drive as well, which I thought would be our shot in the foot. And you have Elijah Cooks making some great grabs along the sideline. You have Caleb making some great grabs in the middle of the field, just trying to get into field goal range. And then you have Brandon Tolman trotting out there, and a lot of people were kind of curious, you know, who is this kid? You know, a lot yeah. of people didn't know who he was going into the game, but that he's sure a Nevada household name after for sure. So good for him. He deserves that scholarship. And something else that's really interesting too was before that kick, when they iced him, he shanked it short right. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of Pac fans were kind of looking at themselves being like, oh, man, like can this kid have the leg to get it 56? And then when he actually kicks the game winner, he clears it by a couple feet. You know, probably was good from maybe 58. So definitely good for him. Deserves everything um, coming his way. And, you know, hopefully we see a bunch more big kicks from him later in the season. Yeah, I agree. That was a great play and a great drive. Eventually, Purdue got the ball with 50 seconds left. The game was tied. One has to wonder why they were throwing the ball and trying to go down the field to get the win and not go into overtime. But eventually, Daniel Brown got his second pick of the night. Daniel Brown is shaping up to look like one of the best corners in the Mountain West, if not the best corner in the Mountain West of this year. Absolutely an animal. He was all over the field. Two interceptions, like we said. Elijah Sindelier choked in the end, and then Carson Strong put the team on his back with 38 seconds left to march down the field and give Brandon Talton enough space to kick the field goal. It was interesting to see Purdue ice him, and then Brandon Talton, like you said, shank it short and to the right, but... Something about Mackey put that ball through the uprights on the second try. It was simply amazing. Yeah, the wide receivers, that's a good point to touch on. They stepped up big as well, whether it was Elijah Cooks coming up with his two touchdown grabs. That one in the corner was simply amazing. Everyone thought he was out of bounds, but he dragged his foot to get in bounds. Caleb Fossum came up with a lot of clutch passes in the end. He picked up 10 yards with 22 seconds left. Elijah Cooks picked up 17 yards to put them into position with that 56-yarder. And Romeo Dubs, who looked like Carson's favorite target out there, picked up a lot of yards. Romeo Dubs picked up five receptions for 47 yards. Caleb Fossum, six receptions for 58 yards. Elijah Cooks, seven receptions for 60 yards. But that wasn't even the leading receiver of the night. Leading receiver was Toa Tawa with eight receptions and 64 yards, including that one at the end where his butt barely made it into the field. He landed with his butt first and made that spectacular diving catch, which was amazing. 
Toatawa rushed 12 times for 56 yards, an average of 4.7 per rush. The rushing game was almost non-existent, but like you said, we were down so much that we needed to pass the ball. It was truly an amazing game. What were your keys for the game, Tyler? Um, well, going in, I said we have to keep Carson off the ground, keep him up in the pocket, mobile. We allowed one sack, and I think that was huge. You know, he's not, you know, eating turf, eating grass. Every drive, you know, we allowed only one sack, so big shout-out to the offensive line for keeping him up. In terms of keeping Rondale Moore in check, uh, the first half we definitely didn't do a good job. There was a stat that was put out there. I think he had 72 yards of offense in our off. Our entire offense only had 24 at some point, which was crazy to think about. I mean, he definitely dominated us in the first half with that touchdown grab. He had over 100 yards receiving, but then the second half we really found that key. I think he had like under 15 yards after that second half uh, started. So big ups to the defense as well right there. Secondary, um, we definitely didn't play as well as I thought we could have. I mean, if you look at the defense, I think six of the seven total or uh, leading tacklers so far are in the secondary, which could lead to two things. It could lead to either our secondary is being very aggressive, they're coming downhill really fast, or there's being a lot of pass catches that they're having to make tackles on. And I definitely think it was the latter on Friday night. Biting really hard on the flea flicker, which is kind of a tough play for a young secondary as well. You know, you want to come up and make that tackle on the run D, but then, you know, you see that pitch back, the receiver's wide open down the middle of the field. That was definitely a tough pill to swallow, but... Now, coming up with those couple of picks, they really kind of made it up for themselves. So that was another big key was seeing how our young secondary would fare. And then the turnover battle. I mean, they had five turnovers, a couple of muff punts on defense, some probably sillier plays that Purdue would like to have back, definitely. But I attribute that to us putting pressure on them and making them make mistakes. So that's obviously a good thing to see um, for this defense. So I mean, we definitely hit on a lot of our, or at least my keys to the game so far. Um, you know, we're looking to come out and bounce back on that for Oregon as well, but definitely the defense stepped up and offensive line stepped up, and it was an overall great game for the team. Especially because the defense was put in really, really hard positions in that first half. Two three and outs, they allowed 10 points. Because of those three and outs, Purdue was giving really good field position. But like you said, everyone kind of stepped it up. I think our young Players got their legs under them. Carson Strong came out in the second half really strong. Our secondary came out really strong. But in the first half, they were they were struggling a little bit. They let up a lot of passing yards to Rondell Moore. But like you said, in the second half, he was targeted three times. I think he caught the ball twice for under 10 yards or something like that. Truly shut him down. It was a very, very good sight to watch. Chris Murray released... An article that I want to touch on real quick. It said, My column on the debut of freshman quarterback Carson Strong, which invoked memories of the first time we saw Colin Kaepernick and Cody Vajardo. That's very, very high praise to be saying of a quarterback, comparing him to Wolfpack greats Cody Vajardo and Colin Kaepernick. That's very, very high praise. And he did play like it. I mean, down the stretch, he played like a seasoned vet, but really it was his first college game. I attribute that to the coaching staff, getting him ready with the two-minute drills. That's something that Coach Norvell touched on in the press conference on Monday. He touched on the practice and how many times they actually practice the two-minute drill. They practice him getting ready for that kind of game. It was a very good game, and I think our young players are going to be ready and motivated come Oregon, and I don't think it's going to be a 
cakewalk, as people say, for Oregon. I think it's going to be a tough game, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. If you didn't make it out to Mackey, and if you left early, truly shame on you. Tyler, where were you when this was all going down? I was at our home wow. uh, watching it on the laptop. Wow. Um, the breaking point for me, let me let me just defend myself really quick. The breaking point for me was after Rondale Moore muffed the punt, it was the middle of the third quarter, and we had the ball on the 10-yard line. And I thought, if we don't score here, I'm I'm going to start losing hope a little bit. You know, it's we're on the 10. We need a score to bring us back in the game. We did need a score. Yeah, we need a score, but I was hoping for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and we get the holding penalty that brings us back to about the 20. And then we go a pretty quick three and out, if I'm not mistaken. We kick the field goal. And at that point, I kind of... I was I was looking down on the team. I was not a believer at that point. But, you know, props to them for proving me wrong. I was definitely one of those people who left early and will regret it for the rest of my life, not seeing that kick in person. But, yeah, definitely props to the team for proving me wrong. And I'm probably going to stick to the end of every game the rest of the season for sure. Well, you weren't the only one. The stadium kind of thinned out a little bit. You definitely saw who was leaving there was even times in the fourth, the middle of the fourth quarter, we saw a lot of fans leaving. Like we said, this is a special team. If you had no faith before, you definitely have faith now. This is going to be a special year for the Wolfpack. Everyone is on the bandwagon. I'm excited to see what they do against Oregon when they step into Eugene and duel with this high-powered Oregon offense. They did lose to Auburn. They may slip a little bit in the rankings, but this still is a very, very, very good team that we're going to be facing. We'll get into that in the next episode. Any last thoughts on how we played Purdue and how we squeaked out that upset? Definitely. Um, I think we were talking about this off air. Definitely, you know, team showing grit. I mean, that's something that Nevada preaches day in and day out, that they want to have grit and they want to play with grit. And I think... That game is kind of, you can put that on a poster and it would be in the dictionary, you know, right under the word grit. I mean, coming back from that deficit is nothing easy to do, especially with a redshirt freshman quarterback at the helm. You know, a team that a lot of people are starting to doubt that they say is too young in certain areas and, you know, Carson can't get the ball out, yada, yada, yada. You know, this team kind of put those people on pause for a little bit, at least. Um, and I expect them, you know, to keep proving these doubters and haters wrong. You know, it's going to be a fun year for Nevada football. And then, you know, they definitely have some tweaks that they have to, you know, work on this coming season and for next week at Oregon. But definitely going to be an exciting team to watch. Whatever Jay Norvell said at halftime to these guys, he's got to say it every game because yeah. obviously that work, whatever adjustments they've made, it's going to be something to look out for the rest of the season. You know, halftime adjustments. Is this going to be like kind of a Nevada basketball team who starts really slow and then gets their butts kicked at halftime by the coach and comes back out and, you know, balls out. So it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch the rest of the season. But definitely high hopes for Nevada the rest of the year, you know, like we predicted, a win that a lot of people didn't predict. Yes, we did. So, yeah, props to them, and, you know, I'm excited to watch the rest of the year with these guys. My takeaway is how clean we actually played this game. Like I said, no turnovers while Purdue had five. It could have been seven, but they got two of those fumbles back, which was pretty clutch for them. But how clean we played this game. This is a very, very young team. While we did have some penalties for a lot of yards that we could have missed, including one on the very end of the game, 
we still played very, very good against a Big Ten team. While this isn't, this is probably the last place Big Ten team that we just played. Still a Big Ten team is still a great win for our program. And I'm excited what we could do in Eugene, Oregon while we go in there. Everyone stay tuned for our preview game of Oregon coming out on Thursday. I want to thank everyone again for listening. Oregon is up next, and let's go Pack.